Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, episode 89. Making tough choices easier by being an authentic leader. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It's wonderful to be joining you again today for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders and their companies to accelerate to their next level of growth and success. So Pam, what are we discussing today? Making tough leadership decisions on the journey to being first, fast, and foremost, and how living in authenticity can actually ease the way. Sounds like that can be a real challenge. You know, every leader is faced with choices on a daily basis, but it's especially challenging when the pressure's high. There's so many paradoxes to navigate. That's true. Internal built-in conflicts and choices that are hard to negotiate. For example, how much confidential information to share with others, while at the same time keeping some information confidential because you have to for legal reasons or or other purposes. Right, such as a merger or something on that order. Another tough choice is staying sensitive to key stakeholders with conflicting needs, and we see that so much. Oh, absolutely. I remember one particular situation where a company had just been acquired, and the CEO was trying to figure out how he was going to navigate keeping people in the loop, Mm -hmm. and they had a long loop to be in. This company was actually going to close its doors in nine months, probably. They weren't sure how long. That was the biggest challenge they Uh faced. He had a very strong value of taking care of people, right? almost paternalistic. And this really bothered him. His value was to share. He wanted to make sure people were taken care of. Right. And yet at the same time, there were certain things he could not tell people Mm -hmm. as well. So you talk about a tough situation for somebody. And the way that he actually ended up handling it was to help people to make the tough decision to bring in outside help. In this case, it happened to be me. Right. Uh, but to help people through the decisions that they were going to have to make as far as how they were going to prepare for the next steps going forward mm-hmm. without the company in all likelihood, because, as I said, that location was moving out of state. Mm-hmm. And of course, they were angry at first. Right. But at the same time, they were actually very appreciative that they were being given enough notice and some help with how they were going to think about their future careers. So it was a time of looking at change in new ways Mm -hmm. and people actually wrote back and thanked uh, this, this leadership team for making the decision to help them to be ready for whatever was going to come their way. To show them respect and, That's right. and to give them some choices and some control over their situation, mm-hmm. not just dumping them and saying, bye guys. 
Exactly. Yeah. In this situation, it worked the story that's even happier mm-hmm. <laughs> in this case is that people stayed on for the entire nine months. Only one person left wow. ahead of time. And in another situation, there would have been different decisions. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this authentic leadership. This man that I'm talking about right. lived into his values Mm-hmm. He lived into what was right for him for the company. He mm-hmm. had to make sure that the company purpose was being taken care of. He stayed open to what was going on around him. And he was able to negotiate and navigate with a number of key stakeholders with very different needs. So you were saying he was being authentic to his inner values. That's right. And to the needs of the company. Exactly. And this is a great example of what we're talking about in terms of living in authenticity. Mm -hmm. And according to Dr. Carissa Thacker, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Authenticity, when we're living in authenticity, we're able to take on the perspective of others, align our behaviors with our values, Mm -hmm. stay purpose-centered, and stay externally open to learning, all of which he did. So rather than continuing to paraphrase, we're going to revisit part of our conversation that we had with Carissa when she was our guest in Growth Igniter's radio. You can access the full conversation by scrolling down under resources on Growth Igniter's radio episode 89. A little bit about Carissa's background. She is the founder and president of Strategic Performance Solutions Incorporated, a management training and consulting firm dedicated to elevating people to reach their highest potential and career satisfaction. She's often quoted in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, Forbes, MSNBC, and many other major outlets. And her articles have appeared in the Harvard Business Review, Business News Daily, and elsewhere. So we're going to take a short break now with a last chance to take advantage of our special offer. And then we'll join our discussion with Dr. Carissa Thacker. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. Can you do us a favor? If you're enjoying and gaining useful insights from Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, can you let us know by writing a short review on iTunes? Not only does this let us know what you value, your review is one of the most important ways that we could reach others who will benefit as well. And now we have a special limited time offer. The first 10 people who submit reviews between September 14th and October 14th, 2016 will receive a complimentary autograph copy of my book, Preventing Strategic Gridlock. Reviewers have said that this book is a timeless resource and a great book for overcoming stalls that derail strategic progress, regardless of the economy. To look inside, visit the Preventing Strategic Gridlock page on Amazon.com. Just be one of the first 10 people to contact us by October 14th, 2016, using the link on GrowthIgnitersRadio.com. Let us know about your new review and we'll get your autograph copy to you right away. Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Dr. Carissa Thacker, author of The Art of Authenticity, about how important authenticity is to all of us, especially to those of us who lead. Carissa, how can people find out more about you and your book? 
uh, my website, www.carissathacker.com, is uh, full of information and hopefully has some helpful articles and blogs that uh, people who would like to dive more deeply into the subject matter can. And of course, there's a there's an opportunity to look at the book and uh, get an excerpt and or buy a copy. And also, you can access this by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 89, to also find out more about Dr. Carissa Thacker. So uh, let's get back to our conversation. I've been looking at your book. Uh, it's organized in such a way that you have the new vision. In the second part of your book, you have the science of authenticity, and you discuss how many people mistake charisma for authenticity, which I thought was especially timely today. <laughs> and yep. uh, why is that? What should we all be on the lookout for? I think it, we, we mistake the two for the simple reason that both authenticity and charisma create intense feelings of positivity and connection to a person. Mm -hmm. um, and so what you have with charisma is this excitement. But what we know after doing decades of research on charisma is there is no clear link to results with charisma. And the way to think about it is that charismatic leaders can be authentic and authentic leaders can lack charisma. So two, Wait two a different... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a little bit of a tongue twister. So yes. you can be authentic uh, without being charismatic. You certainly can be authentic without being And you can be charismatic, but not be authentic. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that I think is important is for, for my readers and our listeners here to have an understanding of the clues that could lead you in the direction of, hey, am I dealing with somebody who's just very charismatic and maybe not the real deal here? And the distinction that you want to listen for is actually based in science, and there are certain approaches and ways of thinking that greater me leaders take, and then there are certain approaches and ways of thinking that greater good leaders think. Okay, now, greater me, greater good. What What's that? Greater me versus greater good. So greater me leaders are leaders who are leading to elevate themselves. Greater ah, good leaders mm. are leading to elevate the greater good. Now, if we step back and we get really honest about human behavior and our tribal nature, we are all looking out for ourselves to a certain extent. So there right. is no pure greater good leader. And, well, I started to say there is no pure greater me leader, but that might not be the case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but looking at it from that perspective, what are some of the clues? And the first clue is what kind of people does the leader surround him or herself with? And I mean their closest mm -hmm. associates. Do you notice anybody in that circle who actually challenges the leader's point of view? Mm -hmm. And if not, you very well may have uh, a charismatic leader who is more about greater me than greater good. Mm -hmm. um, a second clue is about the team dynamics. So if you have a leader and there's a team, and we humans are hierarchical by nature, we always need a leader, but what are the dynamics among the team? Does the leader promote the team to think about ideas and the bigger picture or him or herself? I worked with a team one time 
and I sat in a meeting and I counted how many times, let's say the guy's name was Scott, how many times. <laughs> how, how no many resemblance times the t- to the person sitting over there. <laughs> how many times the team referred to Scott versus a principal or an idea in the room. Mm-hmm. And within 30 minutes, it was 52 times. Wow. And it's just very interesting. So that's also one of the clues that you can look for. And then the third one is to begin to sort of dig below the surface with your leader or manager and try and understand who they are as a person. Back to the top of the call when I said that authentic leaders tell their stories and listen mm-hmm. to the stories of others. And we and we and when we figure out the truth and connect in that way. And so you're looking for a leader that can connect with you below the surface when the time is appropriate as well. So they actually have to invest in the relationship. If they're investing in the relationship, that's a sign. Yes, yes. I think that's a huge sign, Pam. Um, I can't take that one directly from science, and I tried to stay pretty close to the science in the book, but in practice, I think that bears out well. One of the things I tried to do in the book is blend the science and the practice, and I will have to say that even though the science doesn't take us where you just went directly, Pam, it's definitely there in experience. Okay. Well, we've been talking about uh, reading other people for signs of authenticity versus charisma. In your book, you also state that the notion of self-awareness in people is incomplete. So obviously, self-awareness is part of our authenticity and our ability to become more authentic. So what's missing in this? You know, we talk about ourselves as if we are like fixed, like concrete blocks. Uh Like uh, there's no malleability to who we are. And I find that problematic because the more highly functional a person is, Usually, the more they're able to vary and adapt to different situations. Okay. So I, I want to move us from self-awareness to, you know, a conversation. Wow, I'm an introvert. Here's my little introvert box. Let me hang uh-huh. out in my introvert uh-huh. box. Uh-huh. <laughs> to, to, okay, what are the values and bigger picture ideals that motivate you? And that is much deeper than a personality trait. Mm-hmm. Um, becoming your best self may involve stretching out of your comfort zone. Uh, Being an introvert or an extrovert is primarily about your comfort zone. And I just pick on that one because we use it so much in the business world. But what I want to do is take us beyond trait psychology to the deeper questions about who we want to be as leaders. Okay, so I agree that we, we adapt to the situation. I've heard some people refer to as they swing in the breeze. You know, they're 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 phonies. They you know tell people whatever they want to hear. What's the difference between that and, and what you're talking about? You know, one of the one of the tools in the book is um, a free link to go on and measure yourself on what we psychologists call self monitoring. Uh-huh. And one of the things that we know from personality psychology is that some people are better at self-monitoring, Scott, or adapting to situations than others. Uh, the, the quick and dirty way to look at it is, is a person an onion with a lot of layers or an mm-hmm. avocado where you sort of know what you're getting. I mean, the center of an avocado is the center of an avocado. Onions, mm-hmm. not so much. Right. So, so I think... That's a useful tool because a person who is by nature more of a self-monitoring person and does adapt to situations could be authentic. That may be an authentic part of them. 
But I don't want to leave off the fact that what you're talking about, too, Scott, is there are some bad apples, you know, who who may not be looking out for the greater good. Uh, But one of the distinctions that I think is important in figuring that out is just understanding that one of the variances in personality that is really consistent is this penchant towards self-monitoring or Mm -hmm. adapting yourself to situations with more fluidity. I'm a self-monitor. I do it without thinking about it. Okay. But uh, I guess talking about onions and avocados and apples, (laughs) and I'm thinking about transparency here. Um, You know, you speak about the myth of total transparency, which I thought was interesting. And it kind of, I think it's related to the onions and and avocados somehow, especially as we're in an age of transparency where everybody, you know, transparency is like a favorite word. It's a watchword. Yeah, Yeah, it, it really is. And now you're talking about the myth of total transparency. So let's talk about that briefly. I think about when when people say things like, I just want to be totally transparent, my BS <laughs> monitor kind of goes beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me be co- perfectly frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I be totally honest with you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and a couple of things with that. One, I talk about in the book what I call the truth serum question. Mm-hmm. And whatever a client of mine is is really you know, torqued up about, you know, how nobody's telling the truth and what's really going on. And I can't figure it out. I'm, I'm like, imagine for a moment that everything you're thinking and feeling as well as everything that everybody else is thinking and feeling in this place is broadcast. And one of my clients said to me the other day, Carissa, I feel like that's what social media is. <laughs> well, that's yeah. true. It's a very noisy room out there. It's a very noisy room. And so the reality is that Oftentimes, we ourselves as individuals may not have a total awareness of how we feel about certain things and how we actually think about certain things. So there's that that makes total transparency a myth. But there's also just the practicality, which is kind of where we're going in terms of the noise. How do we make transparency uh, a force in the workplace that can actually make us more productive and create more meaningful work. And I think total transparency would be overload. Um, and I think that's what he was expressing and saying, mm-hmm. wow, that's digital world, Carissa. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. Well, it's true. I think you have to you have to grapple with what is what is the balance, I suppose. What's and, appropriate. And even what you know about yourself mm-hmm. and all of this. And these are all considerations. We're going to talk a little more about how to apply some of these concepts in everyday life after our break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Dr. Carissa Thacker about the art of authenticity. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. Pam, you know, we've been talking for a long time about how critical open and authentic conversations are to success for any company. The thing is, though, we have to admit that sometimes the conversations that really need to happen 
just don't happen for, for a variety of reasons. That's right. Too many to go into right now. So that's why we're going to suggest that you take the opportunity to download a Harper report that we wrote a while back called How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room. Right. Uh, we talk about how to spot elephants in the room at a much earlier stage before they get out of control. That's right. And we give you steps to create the conversations that are critical to get back on track and accelerate momentum. So go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 89, and request your complimentary copy of How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room today. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Dr. Carissa Thacker, author of The Art of Authenticity, about many of the nuances of authenticity and why it matters more now than ever. Carissa, can you tell us again how people can find out more about you and about your book, The Art of Authenticity? Yes, www.carissathacker.com is my website, and that has all kinds of information about the book and my work in helping people become more effective leaders. That's great. Go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 89, to also find out more about Dr. Carissa Thacker. So now we're at the point in this episode where we want to get down to the immediately practical steps that people can take. Let's say that somebody is driving in their car and they're listening to this episode. What's one thing that they could do to become a more authentic leader? I would encourage people to design an experiment that they could try within the next 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And the reason experimentation is important is we don't have a fixed self. And the more we can play and experiment with who we are and tell our stories, that helps us become more authentic. So what do I mean by an experiment? Oftentimes, useful experiments are in areas of paradox. So mm -hmm. when I say to people, do you tend to prefer to command or collaborate? Usually people will say command, or they'll say collaborate very quickly. When it somebody, depends. Yeah, it, <laughs> an experiment would be if somebody said, well, I tend to prefer to collaborate, I would say, try on a command phase tomorrow. Or uh -huh. if it depends, choose one and then try to switch gears, Scott. You know, mm -hmm. design an experiment that takes you to a different place as opposed to being on automatic pilot. The biggest enemy to authenticity, to spontaneity, to finding meaning in our lives is autopilot. So mm -hmm. useful experiments really do keep us engaged in our own game, as well as help us continue to build and create that sense of self that can get stale or fixed. Um, the other one that people usually find useful, as I use the term, uh, some people tend to be open books, other people tend to be more guarded, um, more yeah. cautious souls. So another experiment is that if you tend to be more cautious, Find a specific way tomorrow to open up more. Nothing big, nothing major, no megaphone, but just reach out and build a relationship in a different way. If you tend to be an open book, find a way to protect yourself. So the mm -hmm. experiment is this ongoing, literal experiment with, gee, who am I in the world and what works for me? Well, that makes a lot of sense. And as a 
person who was trained as a research scientist, experiments uh, are very exciting to me. And you have to be very clear about the question you're asking. What, what do I want to get out of my experiment to get more insight into whatever it is I'm looking into? So 100%, that's great. What's another piece of practical advice? I think if you can name three specific people that you go to often who you know are going to disagree with you mm-hmm. and you're, you take their advice, then you are getting a balanced view of the world. If you can't name three people that you surround yourself with who you tend to disagree with and you actually think they're right at times, you're not surrounding yourself with a balanced point of view about the world. Um, mm. This eco chamber of our own minds, we were talking about digital. I think right. it's even easier in some ways to surround yourself with an eco chamber of people who think just the way that you think. And right. which to is me, dangerous. It's yeah. incredibly dangerous. So, yeah. this idea of surrounding ourselves with diverse viewpoints is critical for self development. So, if we're uh, listening to other people, we're taking the other side, we're doing something that would be contrarian to our automatic nature, what is it we're supposed to be looking for in ourselves? Because couldn't it be confusing to say, well, I thought that my authentic me was this, and now all of a sudden I'm going against what I thought I valued? Is I'm a little you know, confused. Well, so so the notion wouldn't be to change political parties with that one, Pam. <laughs> I, so, okay. so the idea would be to take in the alternative viewpoint and really listen to it. But what I have found fascinating over the years is that this experiment method is something I do every day. And I have never had a client come back to me and say that felt fake. What they come back to me and say Carissa, that worked, or Carissa, that didn't work for me. And so this notion of finding what works for you and this idea of continuing to find what might work better for you, that's the point, Pam. So it's stretching your possibilities, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And making you think, well, maybe I've been very habitual in my thinking, and there is more to me than I think, and that there are more ways for me to grow as a person. That's what I'm up to. People often discover in this process of experimentation that they're capable of far more than they ever thought. So this is great. What's a third thing that people can do? Diane von Furstenberg, um, in her autobiography, famously said, I did not know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew the woman that I wanted to be which is an interesting philosophical sounding statement. Mm-hmm. Um, however, one of the things that we lose sight of in our day-to-day world is that we are becoming a person who embodies certain values and models certain values. So I encourage all of my leaders to, to write down two people that they admire, why they admire them. So let's say uh, I admire Scott. Uh, And why do you admire Scott? Uh, Because he's intellectually curious. And then use the phrase, I am, and go, I am intellectually curious. Mm, And so mm -hmm. if you start with three or four characteristics, you can really begin to get a sense of the kind of person that you want to be. And I have my leaders go over those statements every morning if if possible, uh, or keep them in a folio. So this idea of keeping track, not just of what you're doing in your to-do list, but what kind of person, what kind of leader do you want to be? 
Carissa, this has been a really great conversation. Do you have any final thoughts for us on this particular topic? The thing you want to remember is that there's your success and then there's the being true to yourself and feeling good about where you are in your life. And that's a meter that I think high-powered business folk and entrepreneurs can lose sight of. So there's this accomplishment meter, but there's also that meter of, wow, am I being true to myself? What's the meaning? What's the purpose? So both of those barometers really matter. And the book really is an invitation to pay continual attention to both of those meters. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It was a pleasure. Carissa, thank you again. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, download How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room, and open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 89. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to reflect on. What's one thing that I can do today to experiment on becoming a more authentic leader? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.